Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 20th episode. Yeah, it is the 20th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. With me is my co-host, Will Terps. And tonight's yo, yo. guest, ladies and gentlemen, we have the man, Drew Sweeney, from the Casher Corporation. Okay, Will, so uh, how's it been going at the shop this week, man? Have you gotten any any new nugs? Okay, are you, uh, are you seeing some some nicer weed on the shelf than than what you guys had in the stash before you moved? Yeah, definitely. Um, we haven't been picking up like too much just yet. We just got grabbed some Angry Wizard from Heroes of the Farm, which is super nice. Um, but we've still been getting like at uh, yeah, it's Mad Max Cross Blissful Wizard. Damn. Um, yeah, it's pretty fire. And um, Mad Max was one of those dog walker b-sides or something i don't think so i i'm honestly not sure i think mad max is guinness times raz i could oh, be wrong okay. though um okay. but we got that which is really nice and then we've slowly been getting back more of our edible uh inventory which has been awesome we got a new echo drop which has been which was cool um actually one of my more favorite like bucket drops we got some double tangy banana uh, nitro live terps on the rocks or whatever. And one of my favorite streams to come out of Echo recently. Sorry that they, I don't think they, they'll be growing it anymore, but. What was it uh, called? It's double tangy banana. I think it's a Crockett strain, but. Ah, uh, okay. It just smells and tastes like a, a fucking Jamba Juice smoothie. It's crazy. Damn. Um, but yeah, just like, I don't know. The, um, the the last drop we got from Echo was was really great. We got some carts back, and then we also got like two, um, a couple, um, uh, like butters and live resins that were on different uh spect end of, ends of the flavor spectrum. Like we got some Southern Bell live butter, which was like gassy and fuely, and then some White Tahoe cookies butter from Ten Four. Um, Damn. And that was definitely pretty pungent. And um, like I said, more on the fuel end. Then we got the double tangy banana, which is more on the sweet, like fruity end. So tight. Um, yeah, just I'm I'm mainly stoked to to slowly get back, get our full inventory back. So um, you know, we can we can offer the people that are lurk- looking for specific things, uh, you know, products. Yeah, I saw I saw Jackson post a uh, like a new version of the logo on his Facebook. I was like, ooh, that looks pretty cool. It had like the coastal tribal designs and shit. Yeah, yeah, no, super cool. Um, yeah, that new logo is awesome. And funny thing, actually, I was asked, I was talking to him yesterday. I was asking him, I was like, yo, is that uh, is that the guy, your cousin, that uh, designed that logo? Is he like really? Is he on John's side of the family? He related to John. He's like, no, no side I'm like oh word uh yeah but we're pretty yeah. pretty uh pretty sick new uh design and what was already a cool cool logo in my opinion yeah man yeah super dope is he uh when do you think he's gonna do the grand reopening and such uh it's scheduled for uh, september 14th so it should be then um okay. that's what we're gearing up for uh um, two weeks then yep Two weeks, pretty much. We try to book that guy for the show, man. Right? Yeah. And we can get him the the week before or the week after or something. Yep. Talk about the change, man. What about 10-4? You guys get any 10-4 on the show, Will? Uh, we haven't picked up any new stuff. We still have some lemon meringue. But, yeah, um... Yeah, like I said, the only, the only new stuff that we picked up at the new location, flower-wise, has been um angry wizard and oh i stand corrected we did pick up some new green source stuff oh okay um, any of we, it haven't, we haven't shelved that yet oh. yeah it's really nice like very is nice it like different other genetics than what they bred i think it's mainly stuff they bred but they uh i think one of the strains was like glazed cherries which is like girl scout and a cherry cross smelled pretty good so damn stoked on that one but yeah 
Um, I think most of them are their own strings. All right. Well, fucking A, Will. That's tight. Yeah. Uh, Yo. Yo, can you hear us, Sweeney? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, dude. Are you are you stationary now, or are you still driving? No, I'm I'm stationary, dude. I'm good. I just okay. I don't know if this video feed will work. Okay, audio only is okay, dude. We can slap your logo up on there instead of your face if that's cool. Okay, that's that fine. Right yeah. With you? yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Oh no, it's all good, bro. Like this, uh, these things happen when you broadcast live, bro. Especially from four different places, so. You know, we can only do our best, man. Don't don't feel bad yeah. at all. Yeah, well, fucking hey, Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no prop, dude. You're the man, Sweeney. You are the man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, dude. Like, I'm I'm really proud of you, dude. Like, I am. So, um, I'm glad that you took the time to come on our show. Um, Absolutely. Like some somewhat ancillary business to the <laughs> cannabis industry, but still right there in the middle of shit, so. I think it's very relevant to what we're doing with our content, man. So thank you. Nice. Yeah. Thank you guys again for having me. I'm, I'm stoked to be on board. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to jump right in with uh, my cookie cutter questions here, Sweeney. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your company? Like you're, uh, you're an Idaho boy like me, right? Yeah. So I grew up in Idaho in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, and, they're not too kind on the weed laws over there. Yeah, <laughs> They'll probably yeah. be the last state to to legalize. Uh, it's kind of crazy. So, I, you know, when I came up with this idea, I, I moved to Portland, Oregon, and I've been here for 10 years now. So it's uh, I moved here pretty much just to start Casher Up, and uh, I love Portland now, man. I, I, hardly, I hardly go back to Idaho anymore. <laughs> Same. Same. Same, dude. Not even for Christmas. It was like, eh, that's a long drive, you know, like, uh, yeah. six hours. <laughs> I got, I got to tend to yeah. my plants. I got to take care of my plants. That would always be my right? excuse. Like, I can't, I can't leave. And my, you know, like my good friend has a, you know, he got a felony in Idaho just for having, he had a couple ounces of weed on him and it's a fucking felony. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm another friend too, Sweeney. Fuck, man. <laughs> that's, that's why I went to Oregon too. As soon as I got off probation, I was like, "Fuck this place, I'm out of you." Yeah, it's crazy how different uh, this landscape is now from when we both moved out there compared to now with legalization and it maturing and the markets. It's uh, it's a it's a totally different landscape now. It's maturing, but there's there's definitely growing pains. No doubt. So when did you come up with this idea, man? Like, w was it while you were in college? Like, did it smack you in the face? You were just watching a movie or playing some hoop or something? And shit, that's a good idea. What, what, how did that How did that happen? Yeah, so, what was well, the process like? I, so I was smoking a ton of pot in college. <laughs> we'll start there. And then I'm always looking for a fucking poker. You know, I had like all these little pipe tools and pokers, but they were never, they were never there when I needed it. So, uh, you know, I just was like, man, I would be sweet if we had something right on the lighter. And, um, you know, I, I, I started looking at, you know, like getting a patent on it, that idea. And it was crazy, man. It was the same concept, like a lighter tool with, like a, 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 a lighter tool built into a lighter. That same concept has been around since like the early 1900s. There's over a hundred patents wow. on the same concept. Wow. Yeah. And uh, it kind of crushed my hopes and dreams right there, man. When I started, you know, doing the patent searches, you know, looking at prior art, you know, on, on the USPTO.gov website, you can look at all the patents. Google patents is a huge database now too. But I saw all these inventions and patents and stuff, and um, I was like, damn. And I looked on my nightstand, and I had a little, it was literally a fucking paper clip wrapped around my lighter with one end kind of pointing down, and I would just slide it up and down my lighter. And that's like when the light bulb went off. Weird. I was like, damn, it doesn't have to be a full lighter cover. It can be like just a half of one that just slides down to a point. Whereas every other patent is like, 
is built into the lighter. You know, it's like a Zippo lighter with with a with with a pipe tool or a poker that swivels out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I've uh, seen I've seen a lot of imitations too since then that are like a uh, plastic mold with a, a metal poker yeah. that folds out. Yeah, exactly. It's a full lighter cover, and that was what I originally was looking to do. And then I and then I looked. I you know after I saw these prior patents. I saw this uh, paper clip wrapped around the lighter and that's when the light bulb really went off. I'm like, dude, it could just be a little, you know, one piece of metal that slides down to a point. And at the time it was just, uh, it was just strictly for camp for catching bowls, you know, hence the name, the cacher. Yeah. And so it was, it was, that was the one and only function of it. And that was in 2009, right? That was uh, 10 years ago. And so over the over the past decade, you know, marketing and selling and building a company, it's like, man, you could use this to open boxes and you can use it as a mini flathead screwdriver and you can, uh, you know, load bait pens with it. And you can fucking, you could shank somebody if you had to for self-defense. Like we, we actually sell to, we currently sell to the U.S. military. Uh, we were approved on, on Camp Pendleton in Southern California, the Marine base down there. It's the biggest Marine base in the world. And, uh, we sell to like women for, that don't even smoke that just for self-defense, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard like, like, you know, they tell women that if you're walking to your car late at night in the dark, hold your car keys in your hand in case someone attacks you and you can like at least try and stab them with your car key. But a cashier is going to be way more effective than your dull ass car key. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It's a, especially it's a if you hit him in the neck, man. That's going to yeah, break or the eye. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If if you hit him in the neck, hit him in the neck, and if that doesn't stop him, then fucking take out an eyeball. Like they shouldn't be mugging people, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they lose one of their two people. eyeballs, they're they're probably not going to mug anyone else in their life. I I guarantee it. And they say that most most guys who do that type of crime or whatever will give up on it if someone fights back, you know, or, or causes them yeah. harm in, in the, the exactly the thing. Happening. In fact, I actually met, so, you know, I've been telling people that I actually met a woman at Seattle Hemp Fest. Uh, it was a couple years ago. Now she came up to our booth and she said like she had her cashier in her hand when she was, she got off work. She worked at a, at a bar, you know, so it was like late at night in a dark alley in Seattle and this dude, this dude attacked her and she fucking stabbed him in the neck. He started to bleed. He saw blood and just ran away and it saved the day. You know, it didn't like kill him or nothing or anything crazy, but that's what I told her. I'm like, look, if that, if that didn't stop him, take out one of his eyes. Like, like this motherfucker shouldn't be mugging people, (laughs) you know, straight up. No doubt. Yeah, man. Definitely uh, multiple uses, dude. What I think is it would be dope if those Marines or, like, one of those women's groups um, created, like, some training videos. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like training with a lighter or whatever. (laughs) Dude, that would be sick. And then, you know, plug the cashier in there, too. Post them on YouTube. It would be, yeah. Especially (laughs) on on the military side. Like, if you, you know, if you're a trained, like, navy seal let's say you could you could fucking murder a whole group of people with one cashier if that's all you had like if you let's say you're a prisoner of war and they take everything and all you have is the cashier (laughs) and you can escape and like (laughs) you know what i mean like it's it's a real it's a real uh application for sure no doubt man fucking hey sweeney that's cool man i'm glad there's there's still stuff happening dude like that's that's well, cool. yeah, it's just like, you know, it, it, it started in the cannabis space, 100%. And then over the years, it's like, man, we could use it for this, use it for this, you know, and so it's just kind of expanded our markets. And so now, you know, we do we do a lot of private labeling for, you know, like a promotional item. Yeah. You know, we could even do a Concerned Dad podcast catcher that you can, you know, use out, or we've done them for magazines. We've done them for, for lawyers, like law firms that, that, um, kind of target the cannabis industry. We've yeah. done them for, uh, you know, bands. We've done them for, you know, artists. 
Yeah, and I got so I got some Katie Kane cashers on the website. We bro. do, we do. In yeah. fact, uh, we we got some more at the at the shop still. I need to ship them to you because I don't know how many you got left. But we we got I, I came up on a bag that I think we forgot about. <laughs> Word, hell yeah, man, tight. tight, tight. <laughs> um, so uh how did you i'm I'm gonna flip back to my cookie cutter questions uh yeah yeah how did how did you get the cashier like mass produced man you didn't do it in this country did you no i tried to originally i i contacted several local manufacturers like metal metal uh shops and you know they were coming in at uh prices you know my cost would have been between you know, four or five dollars in that range, which means Damn. I would have had they would have had to retail for twenty bucks. Damn. And um, and so I went on. This, you know, this was again. It was back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and I went on uh like Alibaba dot com. Actually, back then there was one called uh, Global Resources dot com that I don't I don't know if it's still really pop and alibaba really took over you know it was kind of like uh like you know myspace versus facebook facebook blew up and myspace dropped off you know but i found this company uh on on globalresources.com and you know they made these metal lighter covers and i contacted them and said hey can you make like a half of one <laughs> you know and i had it it was it was a project man i had to send them you know drawings and i I had to cut, I originally cut it, um, a fucking prototype out of tin snips. It was like a metal lighter cover, a full lighter cover. And I chopped it up with, with, uh, tin snips and it was all like rugged looking. I had to sand the edges down and get it to look how I wanted. And I sent that to China to this guy I found on, uh, on that website and, you know, after another probably two, three hundred emails back and forth and like 3D drawings and all this shit, they finally um, were able to make some samples and send them to me. And then uh, like that's that's kind of the beginning of, you know, how I was able to line up the mass production. But at that point, there was a lot of challenges still. It was like, OK, I had these. He only sent me six prototypes <laughs> for a thousand bucks. <laughs> You know, uh, a lot dude, of it was expensive. the, I thought of it was the tooling, but I, you know, from there I had to go, uh, get a, try to get financing. Cause I was just, I just graduated from the university of Idaho in 2008. And then that summer is when I moved to Portland. So I didn't have any money. I didn't have shit except for a car, a cell phone and like $30,000 worth of fucking student loan debt. <laughs> and that yeah. was it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's right when the economy tanked in 2008. Hell um, yeah. So no, nobody was hiring. So the timing was actually kind of perfect in that regard for me to like, well, fuck it. I'll just start now instead of like trying to get a job and doing it later, which is it was a blessing in disguise at the time, because, you know, if I had waited, I may have never started. That's one of the biggest things. Once we get to some of your later questions, I'll, I'll elaborate on that some more. But um it's just like uh getting out getting that ball rolling and taking that first step and then you know i went to a i went to a local bank uh like a you know a corporate bank like chase or something yeah i I showed them my idea and i had a business plan they fucking laughed at me they straight up fucking laughed at me they're like oh this this is a cannabis product like no way (laughs) you know and so luckily in Portland, there's this company called Mercy Corps Northwest, and they specialize in financing for, you know, like low income and minority and women entrepreneurs. And um, I was able to get a loan through them just to uh, just to market the idea. I didn't have anything to sell. It was just it was strictly to, um, you know, take it around Portland and get some feedback. In fact, the first time I applied, they they declined my shit 100%. They're like, it's it's not a no. It's we're gonna say it's a not yet. We want you to get pre-orders. And so what I had to do was uh, take this. <laughs> I had to take this uh, these samples all around the shops around Portland and and 
pretty much convince people to agree to give me a purchase order, even though I don't have any product to sell. And Damn. so I just explained to them the situation and said, look, I just need, I need you to agree to buy some of these in like six months when I have them ready and like write up the purchase order now. And so I ended up getting like 15 or 20 uh, purchase orders from like smoke shops and, and head shops. And I got one, one distributor, which was probably kind of the, the deal breaker, you know, one like decent sized distributor. And yeah. so I took all those back to the bank to Mercy Corps and that, and then they approved my loan just to, just to launch and get my first production run. And then I had the money to, to, pull the trigger on our, our first, uh, production run, which was crucial, man. Like I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for that. Damn. That's dope, Sweeney. For real. Like that's, uh, pounding the pavement, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, pounding the dude. pavement is a lot of leg work, a lot of, a lot of, um, hard work, man, at, at the beginning. But the, you know, I, I guess the, the biggest trick is just, taking that first step and starting and then it's from there it's like one step at a time and you just keep knocking you know you just keep checking off the list all right what i gotta do next bam and you just do one thing at a time you know no doubt no doubt so uh my next question uh i'm gonna i'm gonna put two of them together how many units have you sold today and then how do you sell this product mainly like what's your i know you do trade shows and stuff like that but i want to hear you talk about it bro yeah, so we so mainly, I mean, we sell them on our website, of course. It's mycasher.com, casher with a K. Um, and we sell mostly, so we do all these trade shows. A lot of them are, are B2B trade shows. So we actually have retailers in all 50 states, Canada, Australia. We just landed one in, in Europe, actually, this last week. So we're pretty much... Um, global at this point you know we're still a small company and and really pretty much in a startup phase even though it's been 10 years like the first the first five years i was doing it on the side i was working other jobs and doing casher on nights and weekends and uh you know finally got to a point where i was like able to you know make more money from that and tell my boss to fuck off, and I quit, and then I started doing <laughs> casher full time. <laughs> that and that was that a was good like feeling too. Oh, dude, it was so it was so nice. It was funny because like everyone at at the place I worked at, it was this fabrication plant. It was a lot of manual labor type shit, and uh, every you know everyone was like trying to get the most hours they could. They were laying people off. They were like you know people are trying to get overtime and shit. And then I come in and have my meeting with my manager and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, can I, can I uh, bump down to like part-time? <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to do like, maybe I'll come in from seven to noon and then I'll just be out after that. And he's like, I, okay, I guess. And I did that for like six months. And then that's when I got to the point where it was like, dude, I'm making more, I can make more money you know, in one phone call, if I, if I close a deal, then a whole day's worth of work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hourly pay. So yeah, at that point it was a no brainer. It just took four or five years to building up. And the other big factor was, was my patent went through. So from the time I filed my patent, it took three, four years before, uh, it was approved. And so like the whole time, I was like, man, if if I don't get this patent approved, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, like delve into it 100%. You know, I want to have that protection. So yeah. once it finally was approved, that's when I was like, okay, you know, I can, I like, fuck this job. I'm going to, I'm going to do my own shit. Yeah, man. Entrepreneur life, man. <laughs> it's the leap, man. It's the leap of faith. It's like at some point you got to, you either got to do it or not. You know, it's like. They call it jumping off a cliff and building a parachute on your way down type shit, you know, or yeah. jumping in the jumping in the deep end when you don't know how to swim. It's like, yeah, at some point you have to take that leap. And um, the, really, the sooner, the better. Like my only some of my only regrets are, are not doing what I did sooner. You know what I mean? Even though I was relatively young at the time, it was like, man, I should have I should have done this 
sooner and done like we'll put it this way if i had to do it all over again i could do it all two to three times as fast as i did yeah okay so that that leads me to my uh my next question is what i i like to ask people this um just because you know everybody always likes to talk about their wins but uh i think the losses are relevant to to shaping how, how things came to be you know so my my question yeah. is what is the biggest mistake you've made on the path to where you're at now i, I know you talked right? about it's that a, a little bit but you know like yeah no that's a great question um one of them so like i said starting starting sooner is one but after after we really got rolling and like I was doing it full time and you know had an office and stuff which actually that's where you that's where you came out and helped me out Kane was out there in Aloha yeah and uh and shit and you know like doing all that sooner but once we got past um just the initial phases of getting the cashier out there I would say my big my biggest mistake was um not staying focused enough on on one thing and and staying really you know with a with a niche on cashier I, I started selling glass uh, I started selling you know grinder cards and um, you know just other products that were not my shit and it's like so do, you know do you want to are you trying to be a distributor or do you want to be a manufacturer of your and sell what you manufacture yeah. And so I was getting pulled. I was getting pulled in so many d- different directions because you know I'm doing all these trade shows, meeting people, and they're like, "Man, you know, check out this product." And you, you know, like, "Damn, that's tight." And so I want, you know, I was trying to like pick up other products, and and it was it seemed like a good idea at the time, but then when you really look back, it's like all of the money I spent on these other products, all of the energy I put into selling them, all of the. Um, you know, everything that went into to it could have been all focused on just casher. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I I realized that luckily at one point I got I got an investor uh, a couple years ago and that was the first thing he wanted to do is cut all this other shit out and only focus on what we manufacture ourselves. And yeah. once we did that, like that's when like that's what's gonna that's where we're gonna kill it. We have to we have to we have, we're manufacturers. We're not a distributor. You know what I mean? We want to manufacture the products we sell and not really sell other people's shit. Yeah, that makes sense, man. It's it's business, bro. Definitely. Yeah, and it's you know it's like it, it applies to any any business, any any entrepreneurial venture, any business, any company. You have to have a you know you have to have a specialty. You have to have a niche that you really focus on and are the best at and then you know once you once you get to a point where like that's clockwork then you can kind of you know take on some other uh projects and other products and stuff but until you get there you know that was that was definitely my biggest mistake was was trying to expand into other areas and other products too quickly no doubt no doubt okay so Good answer, Sweeney. Good answer. Um, the flip side of that coin is, what do you feel is the smartest move you've made on the path to where you're at right now? Straight up, st- just starting, bro. That's the hardest thing. That you know, ideas are are a dime a dozen, but until you until you take that very first step, and it's literally the one fucking step what do I have to do first? Right. And then you just take it one step at a time. Um, that's like, I'm glad. So like I said, the timing wise, when I graduated in 2008 and the economy tanking and the the housing market collapsing and nobody was hiring. So I almost, it almost like made my decision for me. Right. But on the, on the other side, like, so I used to read, uh, entrepreneur.com articles all the time. I had a subscription to entrepreneur magazine and I read all these success stories. It was like my favorite part of the magazine and the website. Yeah. And every fucking, every one of them, I swear to God, dude, every one of them started the same way. It was like, you know, I worked, I worked in the corporate world for 10 years and then I got to a point where I'm like, I could do this shit better than 
my boss does or like I yeah. like I want to do my own thing and you know my thought was like well why don't I just skip that whole 10 years of working for somebody else and start it now and um and then in 10 years I'll have 10 years of experience under my belt whether or not I'm I'm in a good spot financially it doesn't matter I have that 10 years of experience and knowledge is power man like money yeah. comes and goes you know money comes and goes um, but knowledge stays, man. Like what you learn, like if you, if you learn the, the ways of making money, you could lose all the money you have. You could be a millionaire and lose it all. And then you can make it back because you've already done it before and you know what to do. And so it was, you know, straight up, just like just starting, I would have started sooner if I had, you know, looking back, like I would have started sooner, even though, um, I'm glad I, I didn't go to work for somebody else and then wait 10 years because at that point I may have never even started. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, there's all these, we have, a, we have a few competitors now and I, I may have like saw one of them and be like, Oh fuck, it's too late now. They're already doing it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, didn't, didn't one of your teachers in college too, like you showed the teacher your product and, he kind of told you to do the same thing to job up and not, not pursue this. Yeah, until later. exactly. That's what I was going to say too. He, he was, he was essentially like my mentor. He was one of my favorite. It was like in my upper, you know, my uh, senior level business classes. So I had him for a lot of, he was my teacher for like, like five different classes over the last, like, you know, um, year and a half. Yeah, and uh, I told him my idea. He wasn't a, he wasn't a cannabis guy, and again, I the way I pitched it to him was strictly, you know, cannabis tool. Whereas if I you know knowing now, I could have I could have pitched it to him in a way different way, but at yeah. the time, I just pitched it to him in a in a as a cannabis tool. And but the main point was like you know should I start my own shit now or should I go to work for somebody else? And that's what I asked him straight up, and he told me he's like. He's like, look, if you if you work for somebody else, you can learn on their dime. You can make mistakes, and it's not all going to fall back on you. Which you know is not the it's not the worst advice, but for what I was trying to do, uh, you know, I said, "Fuck you, man! I'm going to do it anyways." Yeah. <laughs> and I still haven't I still haven't seen the guy since, but uh, I would love to run into him. And you know, it's like no hard feelings at all it's like that was the best advice that he thought he could give but yeah. i i just disagreed with it and i and i went the the opposite of what he said and it was it was probably the best move i made you know in my Hell life at yeah. the time not only that and then getting the patent like that, that was a tough that was a tough thing too you know i had to get a uh i started out with a provisional patent which all that does is buy you a year, a years of like worth of time to market your idea. And then if you have a whole year to file an actual patent, but your patent date will, will date back to the start of your provisional patent. And okay. so I got a provisional patent at first, you know, and that's when I went to the bank and was going around Port Portland, you know, beating the pavement and like trying to get, you know, people interested. And, um, and then I was like, man, this people like this. I think it's a good idea. It's super simple. It's it's got a lot of different functions. And so I was like, man, this this is gonna be worth uh, getting a patent on, you know. And then I went from there to to uh, getting a utility patent, which that's a whole another project in itself. I I hired this guy out of Boise that was not he 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 was a uh, ex lawyer he was an ex patent attorney so he wasn't currently practicing attorney yeah he was an old guy but he was had been doing it for 30 years and so he uh he was you know he was at a discounted rate because he wasn't a, a current attorney yeah but he wrote a he wrote a a really great patent for me like really broad you know if any patent you want you want it to be as broad as possible and cover as many like potential product derivatives as possible that okay, we could go in this direction or we could have this version or we it could be made out of wood or glass. So he wrote a really good patent and um, it's really broad and covers a lot of even future product derivatives that we haven't even released yet. Um, and if it wasn't for that, I would have never 
got the investment that I got a few years ago uh, because, you know, if you don't have a patent on your shit and it starts to blow up, then people can just straight copy it for, like, legally. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you don't have that patent protection, that it's huge, you know, and that was uh, – that was probably one of the bigger, one of the best things that I, that I did on the, along the path. No doubt, man. It's, it's good to hear these stories, Sweeney. Cause man, pe- people think, uh, it's all just shits and giggles, but it's like, nah, the process was, was difficult and hard, but I, I did. Yeah. It, you know? No, it, it was, man. It, it's been a journey. I've, there's been a lot of, ups and downs you know it's a roller coaster any any entrepreneur will tell you it's it's a straight roller coaster of of you know ups and downs and goods and bads wins and losses and you just gotta you know um persistence pays man you just stick with it and never never quitting never giving up and just staying dedicated and you know putting in hard work and and sacrifice you know like you gotta, you gotta sacrifice, man, in order to succeed. It does. I don't care what the fuck you're doing. If you don't put in some sacrifice in some, some way, you're, you're not gonna get rewarded. You know what I mean? That's just the way life is. Yeah, you gotta give some things up and go hard. Yeah, I, I remember when I first moved to Portland. Like, I, I lived in this basement at my buddy's house in Northeast, and like, you know, these guys we were you know, mid, like mid twenties, <laughs> like, so they're partying all the time, you know, and I would sit in my basement and like drink tea and like read books and like write business plans and shit like that. And I'd go to the library every day and like, you know, these guys are like, Hey, you you want to go to the beer fest? And I'm like, no, man, I got to go to the library. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like, it's just it's sacrifice, man. It's, it's, uh, there's no other way. No doubt. Yeah, man. The, uh, I I used to always like when I the first year I moved down here. Every time I'd go back home, like I'd have to uh, see the the kids. You know what I mean. But I'd also have to link up yeah. with with some homies, and then I'd also have to do the music. And so yeah, I would never go out and kick it. You know what I mean. I'd be hitting up Burgerville on the way to whoever I'm trying <laughs> to go see because. Yeah, I gotta take care of these other things too instead of going kick it. Nothing wrong with Burgerville. Yeah, man. (laughs) There's not. I like Burgerville, man. (laughs) Burgerville's good. It's good shit. (laughs) Yeah, better than In and Out, I think. Me too. I'm same, man. Same. I agree. Um, yeah, sacrifice is is important, Sweeney. It's it's good to hear you say these things, dude. Is there uh? Any any sort of ideas that you want to promote in the future? Well, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of um, more Casher products coming out. We have the new Casher necklace. They're fucking sick, man. They're like gold chain, gold metallic clipper with a gold Casher. Or we have black. We have these icy blue ones. We're going to do Cashers on a, a keychain. And then we have one that's, like, got a tamper built in. We have a bunch of casher shit we're still going to drop. We're just really trying to, like I said, stay focused on kind of the the core concept right now and really stay laser focused on that until we kind of reach that tipping point and it gets a little bit more mainstream. And then, we, and then like, all our distribution channels are set up, right? We have all these customers. We have retail stores. We have distributors all over the world that we can just plug our new products into. Yeah. Um, and beyond that, like I have, you know, ideas. Casher was one that, you know, given the time I started it, it was like, I need something that's simple, easy to manufacture, you know, low cost because I was broke as fuck just graduating college. And um, sometimes the simpler ideas are the best, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I have a lot of ideas for other companies for in the media future, though, it's, it's going to be casher for the next couple of years at least. And then, um, I just got my real estate license in Oregon, uh, right. which I've been wanting to get in real estate for a while. So if anyone knows any, you know, one trying to buy or sell any property in Oregon, anywhere, whether it's 
you know, homes or apartment buildings or even commercial, like people looking for, for weed, uh, like a warehouse to grow some weed in or like land or anything like that, I can help them out, which I'm stoked about because, awesome. you know, I want yeah. to, yeah, I want to get into, I've been wanting to get into real estate for a while. I've just been so busy with casher that I haven't had the time. And so the last, I just started taking an online class and, um, and finally, you know, passed the test. I, I failed the fucking Oregon test like four times and finally passed it on the fifth one. But All I, just right. <laughs> I just got my license a few months ago. And so I'm pretty stoked about that, man. Cause I, you know, it's real estate is a solid investment. Any way you look at it, even if, even if you, um, you know, even if you bought a house right before the market crashed, if you still have that house that's going back up, like real estate's one of the most solid investments you could you could do, you know what I mean, invest in. No doubt, man. Yeah, the uh that's persistence pays. That passed on the Totally. And you know I mean? as far as like other other product products though, like going through this whole journey with Casher and, and actually building a company and, you know, dealing with the manufacturing and the distribution and sales and marketing. It's a fucking project, bro. It's a journey. It's a lot of work. So um, I'm leaning towards in the future because I have a ton of ideas. Invention, inventing is really my passion. I have, you know, a ton of ideas, um, even, even taking current products and just making them better. Yeah. Um, but what I'm looking to do more in the future, now that I know how tough it is to build a company, a company from scratch is, uh, licensing. So, you know, you can just, if, if you come up with an invention and you think it's going to be good for, you know, it's going to be a winner, you can license it to a company that already exists and they'll do all all the shit they'll do all those sales manufacturing distribution marketing and then you just get a royalty check in the mail and Hell so that's yeah. kind of what i'm that's what i'm looking to do a little bit more in the future rather than build more companies from scratch is is license my ideas to to existing companies and you know if, once you get five to ten uh products licensed then you'll be getting some pretty nice like royalty checks in the mail too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like it because it's like you're making money while you sleep. Basically, you know, you wake up and you go check your mailbox and like, Oh shit, here's a check. (laughs) You know, dude, that, that reminds me of, uh, Spotify. Like I was looking through all the settings and then there's this thing that says third party software. So I clicked on that and mm -hmm. Spotify as a company, they licensed like, more than 50 other companies software or their idea or something that they created they use in their app in order to make it work better and it's cool too because when you click on the link it's like they they're super proud and courteous they're like we have to shout out our partners like without this software we wouldn't be able to make it uh such a cool experience it's interesting to think about that on the digital side because there's it's not as uh tangible products when you have a yeah you know a, a product you can sell it's like you know how many units did you sell boom there it is whereas on the digital side it's like okay how do you how do you measure you know the value that this brought and how much revenue it generated when it's kind of just a in addition to our current platform if yep. that makes any sense yeah so it's cool though like the the digital world man is is uh it's popping and it's not going anywhere. It's like the, the turnover and like the, how fast it's, it's uh, advancing is, is insane. Yeah. Yeah, man. They're, they're listening all the time, Sweeney. Like I shit you not. I, I like you run ads every month on Facebook for Casher, right? Like it's, you have a budget and it's like, do you run it? Based well, on we, these just, keywords? we just started that. We just started that. We were, we were uh, banned. Cause they, they looked at our website and shit and said, Oh man, this, this is a, a weed product or even tobacco. Facebook won't even let you do tobacco. So they said it was a smoking product and they wouldn't let us do it. But we started working with this uh, company out of California. It's a digital marketing company 
And so they're able to um, advertise for us on Instagram and Facebook. You know, we have to pay them. We have to pay them a grip each month. But like, once we get up, because currently our online sales are like less than five percent of our total revenue. Wow. Whereas I, I think that I think that that could eventually. Like over, we could be doing more online sales than wholesale and retail because, I mean, you know, the power of, of, you know, something going viral. And then, like, the best part about that is when we're selling on our website at retail, you know, our margins are insane. We're, you know, we're selling on what stores sell them for. And so we're making that whole margin. So instead of making like, you know, a dollar on each cashier, we're making, you know, a lot more just because we're selling them direct to consumers, which is beautiful. And it also, it, it gives us that relationship with the consumer directly so that if they have an issue with our product or if they have feedback, they can contact us directly rather than like telling the retail store and then it, whether or not they relay, relay that message to us, which most of the time it doesn't happen because I mean yeah. you know how smoke shops are, man. They got yeah. they got a, a thousand different products. We're just one of them. Like they don't give a fuck for you know honestly, it doesn't matter what the product is. It's like they got to just manage their shit, <laughs> and they they don't have time to sit there and like give feedback on each product to each vendor that they have. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but so, like after after I talked to you last week and and sent you the link though, dude, like Facebook started showing me cashier ads. That were, yeah, because that that's just started. We just we just got everything. Like we just pulled the trigger with the company's called Ad Taxi, out of uh, Southern California. We just wait. wait what the what are they called again? Ad Taxi. Ad Taxi. Okay. Yeah, they're legit, man. They're some awesome people to work with, but we just pulled the trigger on that, like probably a week before I talked to you or maybe, maybe right after I talked to you. And that's why you started seeing it right then. Cause it's funny. Cause like my brother, I've been getting up by all these people, my brother, some of my good friends, like, Hey, I just started seeing cashier ads on Instagram and Facebook. I'm like, yeah. good man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's about time. Right. <laughs> Cause that was a challenge. I click share, bro. As soon as I, if it's somebody I know and they paid for me to see it, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna click like and click share because that's the least I can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And even when it's musicians I don't know, because down here in Phoenix, like my engineer homie, he's like my only friend besides my neighbor across the hall. You know what I mean? So whenever I see some artist promoting a show, it's like, man, they they paid to to have more eyeballs see this so i'm gonna support it click like and share yeah yeah exactly and it's just it's your you know supporting your friend's business and you know your homies and shit like for me you know i i mean that's well that's one of the the best things about this whole journey it's been it's been challenging i've learned so much but one of the the things i'll never take like i'll take away forever is all the people i've met along the way and I call it my road family. I, these people I see at every trade show and stuff. And it's like, I'll, you know, they want to give me their shit for free. And I'm like, no, man, I want to buy, I want to buy it from you just to support you and your business, you know? And like, when people do that to me, it's like, here, I, you know, I try to give them like, here's a handful of cashers and like, no, I want to buy them from you, bro. Just to support you. You know, it's fucking beautiful when people do that and they just want to, they just want to help you out, you know, and like their friends and family or whatever. And it's like, I would totally give you however many you want for free, but at the same time, like they're supporting, you know, what I do for a living. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, is, is there anything else that you'd like to share from your experience, man? Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, it's, it's been a journey. It's been, I've learned so much. I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't take anything back for the world, man. If, if I could do one thing differently, it would be, uh, to just start sooner. You know, that's, it's really the biggest trick, man. Like everyone, you know, so many people have ideas like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. Or I got an idea for this product or whatever. And literally the, the best thing you can do is just to take that very first step. And then it's fucking one step at a time. You know, it's like, 
if you if if you if you if you look at it as one big project and like all this shit you got to do it's overwhelming and it's yeah, and yeah. that's what that, and that's what happens most of the time is people just they look at all the shit that needs to happen and they never even take that first step and so yeah. my my best advice would just be to like man if you are truly passionate about something and you think it's a good idea just fucking start man just take that first step and maybe maybe you get you know three four steps into the process and then you realize like man this isn't gonna work but at that point you'll probably be like well you know what this will and you'll come up with another you know kind of a uh you know alteration to your original idea that will is much better even you know what i'm saying but if you didn't take those first couple steps just to get started you would have never got there so no doubt you know if, if you're out there if you're listening you have an idea and you want to you know get out of the you know the rat race and and working for somebody else and trading your time for money you got to take that leap at some point it's that entrepreneurial leap of faith and uh you just got to fucking take that first step and whatever it is it could be as simple as it could be as simple as sending an email to a manufacturer it could be as simple as like looking up uh different patents that are similar to your idea or something like that and then once you get there you just one step at a time baby hell yeah Hell yeah, Sweeney. I, I like hearing you talk about this shit too, dude, because my main thing too, like first it was this podcast, but now it's this rock and roll album. Like Ty uh, is on hiatus, so yeah. I just have my guitar player now. So I'm like, damn, I yeah. gotta adapt and change my steps around. And it's like, it's been forever since I dropped one, but I'm getting close to the finish line. So I try not to yeah. look at the big yeah, picture yeah. either. I, I try to send emails to Kyle every week and just say, hey, man, I yeah. got this. here's this. Um, I'm yeah. trying to record in two weeks. So it, uh, yeah, and it's like it's one, you know, it's not even one song at a time. It's one verse at a time, one riff at a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you just you keep you keep just trudging along. And like I said, persistence pays man it's been a it's been 10 years now for casher it's kind of crazy to think about but it's been a whole fucking decade yeah this is, in fact this is our 10th year anniversary because uh, we released it to market in, in 2009 so we're about to have a party in uh at our at our at our headquarters in portland um here coming up probably before before the rain hits <laughs> yeah and, uh so we'll we'll post it on our page, which by the way, uh, I know that was one of your questions too. Yeah, yeah, social plug your media. social media, man. Yeah, is uh, it's everything is at my casher again. Casher was a K, so it's M Y K A S H E R. Our website is mycasher.com. You can get all our products on there. If you have a if you have a brand, any brand, it doesn't have to be a smoke shop or a dispensary any fucking brand you know like i said we've done them for magazines lawyers uh insurance companies you know anyone trying to get into the cannabis space cannabis space or even like we you know the outdoor space we just landed a deal with a distributor that sells to like rei stores and cabela's and bass pro shops and mom and pop uh, outdoor stores you know for because there's a there's a huge crossover turns out everyone out there that's fucking fishing and stuff they smoke pot too <laughs> right <laughs> like who wants to go fishing and not smoke a bowl or a joint you know like that's it goes hand in hand so there's a huge crossover there and it's um it's been cool to kind of get into these other spaces outside of the cannabis space and deal with some other industries and and stuff it's been a it's been real cool Dope, man. Yeah, I, I went to one of your parties before there at the at the office, and it was a good time. You know, folks blowing glass pipes and all that. There was like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, your mom was there. I got to smoke one. a blunt with Sweeney's mom, man. It was yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that, bro. Yeah, yeah. She, my mom can smoke, bro. I'm trying to get her. I'm trying to get her more in, uh, into dabbing. I'm concerned about her dabbing. Speaking of the name of the podcast, <laughs> Word. She, she's uh, she's afraid of the torch though. So like, I'm gonna get her. Uh, I'm gonna give her one of the like the Puffco Peak or a fucking the new uh, candy pens has an aura, which is like a similar thing. But she just doesn't like the torch. But it's yeah. like vape, vaporizing it's kind of and dabbing is, is 
Yeah, totally. And it's, and it's scary for some people and it's like, uh, but at the same time, she's still smoking out of a pipe. I'm like, Ma, you got to, you know, it's it's healthier. Vaporizing is the way to go. She had breast cancer, too, so I, I want her to eliminate any any toxins and shit, you know, and, and stop yeah. smoking. So uh, it's cool, man. And it's funny, like, even with the Puffco Peak, they uh, if you guys are familiar, there's like a they do a video they have they have a whole uh instagram page it's like puffco um like what do they call it like for um servicing so if you need to like change out the atomizer on your peak the casher actually works perfect to like better than any other tool that even the one that they include in their their kit it it like works perfect to like change the atomizer out and like screw out the little uh um atomizer base and stuff and they have videos they have videos of it on their page it's pretty cool that's it's like just one of those things where uh, a catcher kind of kind of worked and then you know speaking of dabbing you know i invented the catcher before i even knew what dabbing was like no shit i didn't i didn't know what dabbing was was. yeah and and now yeah and now uh it's it turns out it works perfect for dabbing dude like you we in fact we even have a titanium version it's a pure titanium casher and you can just take it off your lighter you heat the tip up it becomes a little wax cutter you can slice off whatever size dab you want dab it it'll hold it upright for you like on your table because it stands upright you know when it's off the lighter yeah and then you heat your banger you take your dab, it works as a carb cap even. And then when yeah. you're done dabbing, it, it also stands upright. And so you don't have to, you know, when you have those, like a regular dabber, you're always like sitting on the corner of your table so it doesn't get sticky on the table. Yeah. And then you fucking like bump into it with your pants and then it sticks to your pants. You're like, fuck. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So like, are messy, it, man. it all kind of, yeah, it just was like all happened um, by chance that the casher is worked so well for dabbing as well. So it's pretty sweet because I pretty much, I mostly dab now. I, I don't smoke that much anymore except for I smoke joints and, and blunts once in a while. But other than that, I'm mainly a dabber myself. Weird. Backwoods when Kane's around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the backwoods for sure. <laughs> Well, shit, Sweeney. Uh, that, that's that's about an hour right there, man. I, uh, do you have any questions, Will? My bad. I didn't even, like. No, you're good, man. No, you guys covered a lot of great, great stuff. You know, honestly, I I might think of one in the next minute here, but yeah, a lot a lot of good <laughs> stuff was said. I was just soaking it all in, pretty much. You know. Word, word. Yeah, you're uh, a pretty good interview, Sweeney. It's it's been real easy on yeah. us. To- I, it's been Absolutely. a pleasure, man. I, it, it's honestly, it feels good to to speak these words because people don't ask me all the time, you know. And it's it's good to run through the the history of it in the past decade in my life and shit. And like, really, uh, you know, I just appreciate you guys, man. Like, uh, having me on and 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 being interested in that type of shit because it's important, man. Entrepreneurialism is. In my opinion, it's the base of our economy, man, and we need more people to start businesses and create jobs here in America and shit. Even though caches are made overseas, we do all our fucking assembly in-house here in Portland. We got people, you know, John John used to do it himself, you know, for fucking days and you know. So it's like, it's cool, man, to, to actually provide jobs and being on the other side of the table and hiring people rather than going to an interview, you know, and now it's like, should I hire this motherfucker or what? Or like, you know, what yeah. questions do you ask people? And like, honestly, that's one of the biggest challenges I've found in, in growing a company is, is finding good people. And if you talk to any business owner, they'll probably tell you the same thing. It's just, yeah. uh, it's a challenge, man. Like, I don't know if it's technology or what has made people flaky as fuck these days, but it's, it's, uh, definitely a challenge yeah yeah man showing up is important man that's why i I appreciate you giving me that job back then bro you know what i mean (laughs) i I learned i learned a lot just you know about business in general man 
yeah, just being yeah. around, yeah. 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 We need more people uh, supporting local business too, because you know, yeah, that that, that, totally. that makes the community thrive, obviously. So, absolutely. Yeah. Well, shit, Sweeney. Is there anything else you want to talk about, man? Is that, I mean, I feel like that's, that pretty that's... much covers it, man. I'd be happy to come on again, you know, at a later episode and and maybe get into some other topic more in depth. But that's kind of the that's kind of it. I got these. I'm about to go bowling with some friends out here in uh, in in Portland and and smoke some smoke some weed and and fucking hit the hardwood. All right. <laughs> well, all right, dude. Well, that's that's good. That was a dope interview. Um, thanks for hanging out for an hour or two, man. I know you had other stuff going on. It's three day weekend and everything. Yeah, so. no, it's all good. I, my the pleasure is mine, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I look forward to working with you guys some more. Okay, man. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll send you the the YouTube and Spotify links once I got them. I I think the Spotify doesn't upload till Tuesday morning or something. So. Okay. I'll no worries, yeah, I'll, I'll share I'll share that shit too for sure. No doubt. Well thanks, dude. We appreciate you. I'm gonna go ahead and start my outro dance, folks. This <laughs> was the 20th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. That was your host, Katie M. Kane. With me was my co-host Will Terps. Our guest tonight was Drew Sweeney from the Casher Company, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta give a shout out to my guys in production. Mitchell Wilson showed up last minute, and Jesse Curry. This has been a Main Node and Joseph Street Enterprise production.